Well, marriage conference is this coming up Saturday. And can I encourage all of our married couples, all of you that are engaged or seriously dating to get to our marriage conference this Saturday. We do not put on events like this to waste your time, but we want to invest in your lives. And my wife and I would say this. We've been married for 22 years. And like every marriage, we've had some, some challenging seasons. And we're actually in a great season in our marriage right now, but we still benefit from a marriage conference. But no matter where you are, 22 years of marriage, five years of marriage, 40 years of marriage, man, marriage is something we just want to keep growing in and getting better and better in. And so I encourage you to get registered today out in the lobby for this coming Saturday's marriage conference. And let me encourage you, if finances are a tight for you right now, and I don't want money to ever keep you from an event like this. So let's let them know at the registration table that, hey, People's Church has got me and we got you covered. Our church is so faithful to tithe and give. We want you to be a part of the marriage conference. So please get signed up today. Some of you have been debating. You need to be a part of this. It's going to be a lot of fun and God's going to touch a lot of marriages. I do want to welcome all of our guests today. I know you've been welcoming all of our campuses, but I just want to say welcome to People's Church on Friends Day. Thanks for taking some time out of your schedule and being with us. I hope you're encouraged and blessed today. If you're looking for a church home, I hope you don't have to look any further. I hope we become your spiritual family, help you grow in Christ, help you make a huge difference for the Lord. So welcome to People's Church today. And I'll tell you what, church, I, I was bummed out on Wednesday. The snow hit. We had to cancel Deeper Night. Was anybody else bummed about Deeper Night being canceled? Come on, you bummed. Man, I was bummed out. I thought, man, we've been praying. We've been fasting. People are believing for miracles and snows. What in the world is happening but not today, Satan? We got one up on the devil because tonight at 5.30 p.m. we're going to have a prayer service and at 6 p.m. we're going to have deeper night tonight. Change your schedule. Rearrange your schedule. There's a move of God happening at People's Church and tonight we're going to pray for miracles. I need you here. I don't want you just here at 6. I need you here at 5.30 to pray, to seek God with your church family for a prayer service for 30 minutes and then immediately Immediately following, we're going to have worship. We're going to take communion together. We're going to preach God's word. We're going to pray for miracles in your life. Is there anybody that's believing that God's going to do a miracle tonight? Come on. God's going to do a miracle tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Listen to me. I need you here. Pastor, I was planning on staying home this evening and watching a new XFL football. And listen, get to church tonight. There's a miracle in the house. Don't talk yourself out of this. Get here. Let's pack out the house. All campuses are meeting right here at the Oklahoma City campus. So Midwest City, Northwest, you'll be meeting right here. We're coming together for a night of miracles. God's going to be in the house. I'm expecting God to do big things. I need you to help me with something. Some of you have some friends or family that had to miss or maybe be out of town. They're coming back into town uh, this afternoon and they had to miss church today. Would you text your friends and family? Let them know. It's happening. Deeper night is happening tonight. A miracle service is happening tonight. Would you get on your Facebook? Would you get on your Instagram? Would you get on your tweet, tw tw Twitter? And would you social media out tonight that today, tonight, we're having a miracle service. Let all your friends and family know. Get the word out for us since it's last minute, but we just couldn't let the devil win. Come on, anybody excited for Deeper Tonight tonight? Come on, anybody excited? All right, 27 of you. I said, anybody excited for miracles tonight? For God to do miracles in the house? 
Have your face in the place. 5.30 for prayer, 6 p.m. service. Well, we'll continue our series, Not Today, Satan. And I just believe God's been all over this series, and God is just doing a great work in hearts and lives. We're going to continue this series through the month of February. Matter of fact, I told him, let's have donuts next week as well, because I need you to do everything you can to get your friends and family here, because I believe God is doing something powerful in our church and in this series. And I've titled today's message, Hairstyle and Haircuts. (laughs) Hairstyles. And haircuts. How many of you get your hair cut or colored or a fade or something happening with your hair at least once every eight weeks? Come on, anybody? Once, come on. How about at least once every six weeks? Come on, every six weeks you get something done. Who, who gets something done at least once every once a month? Come on, where are you? All right, once a month. All right. How about every other week? Who gets your hair every other week? All right, all right. Where are my weekly people at? Huh? Come on, where are you at? Hey, that's me too. Weekly, yeah. I don't keep it this tight by accident. It happens on purpose. <laughs> haircuts hairstyles and it's so interesting because you can actually recognize people by their haircuts by their hairstyles that's how powerful a haircut or a hairstyle is matter of fact i want us to play a quick guessing game i, I did this with our youth at at youth camps so all of our youth don't you scream out now but i want all of you right now to take a guess on who this is. I'm going to put up the picture of just their head and their hair, and you have to guess who it is. Who's that right there? Who is that? That's my wife, Tiffany. I'm just playing. That's Taylor Swift. Throw that next picture up. That's Taylor Swift. That's Taylor Swift. All right, who's this next picture right here? Who's that? Who's it? John Legend, huh? All right, okay. Picture. That's Drake. That's Drake. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. How about this next picture? Who is that? Beyonce. Picture. That's Beyonce. All right. How about this next picture? Who is this? Just by the forehead and the head. Who is that? Ariana Grande. Okay. Picture. Ariana Grande. How about this next picture? Who is this? Who is this? Who? Picture. Russell Westbrook. How about this next picture? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? Who? Check it out. Hey, hey. Hey, The high school picture, the high school picture right there, y'all. Hairstyles and haircuts. And I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible whose hairstyle mattered big time. Samson was a Nazarite, and he was set apart to God from birth. And part of the Nazarite vow was Samson could never get his hair cut. God, he he had supernatural strength, and God actually connected his strength to his, to his hair. You're not ready for me today, church. You are not ready for your pastor today. Yeah. Welcome to People's Church on Friends Day. And, and, and the Bible says this about Samson, that he met a lady, a Philistine lady named, Phil, named Delilah. And Samson was supposed to defeat the Philistines. He was defeating the Philistines. They were the enemies of God's people, Israel. 
And now Samson's dating one of the Philistine ladies. He falls in love with her and she wants to find out the secret to his strength. So the Bible says she kept nagging and nagging and finally Samson gave in and told her the secret of his strength. And let me just pick up the story there and just share some scripture with you as I prepare today's teaching and preaching. In Judges 16 verse 17 it says this. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with with the silver in their hands, having put him to sleep on her lap, sleeping with the enemy. She called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And he and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze and shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. See, God laid out guidelines for Samson to follow. Well, one of the guidelines Samson had to follow is he could never touch a dead body. But, but Samson did touch a dead body and scooped honey out of that dead carcass. He, he did what he wasn't supposed to do. He wasn't supposed to date Delilah. But now Samson's dating one of the enemy's ladies. He did it anyways. He wasn't supposed to get a haircut. But he did. One braid. Two braids. Samson got a haircut. And I want you to understand something about this haircut. Samson's haircut, it, it, it represents little by little by little. How he disobeyed God with the dead body, with dating Delilah, now getting his hair cut little by little by little. He wrecked his life. Let me tell you something about your spiritual enemy. Let me tell you something about Satan. Satan wrecks people's lives little by little by little. People think, people think it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little lie. I mean, nobody will even know. It won't even hurt anybody. I mean, man, man, if you understood what I was going through, my spouse is not meeting my needs. Everybody's doing it. You have to test drive the car before you get married. I mean, I'm just trying to make a little extra money. It's, it's just a little thing. It's just a, it's just a little haircut. It's not that big of a deal and Satan will mess up your life little by little by little the scripture says in first Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 6 you're boasting about this is terrible don't you realize that this sin is like a little everybody shout little 
like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. The Bible says watch out for the little sins. That that little yeast of sin will spread and mess up your life. You see, Samson's bad haircut represents little wrong decisions that add up over time. And no matter how small the bad decisions are, bad decisions compound. And over time, they'll end up wrecking your life. I want you to ask yourself this question and and be honest with yourself. I, I, I did the same thing this week as I was studying. Are there some little things in your life? Are there some haircuts that you've been getting? Are, are, are there some, some, some compromises that, that you would just go, Pastor, it's just a little thing. It's, just a, it's, just a, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's just a, a little thing. And yet those little things like that little haircut can end up messing up your life. But here's what we've come to do today. We've come to tell the devil, not today, Satan. I know I've been messing up. I know I've blown it in the past. But from this day forward, I'm going to stop that little compromise. And I am going to experience all the blessings that God has for my life in 2020. Not today. Not today. And I just want to point out to you five blessings Satan wants to steal from your life. Little by little. From this story of Samson, five blessings. Satan wants to rob from your life little by little. The first blessing is this, the blessing of vision. The blessing of vision. Notice this in Judges chapter 16 and verse 21. It says, then the Philistines seized him, gouged out Samson's eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Some, Samson's little decisions cost him his vision. And he did not just lose his physical vision. He lost his God-given vision for his life. I like to say it like this. He lost his vision before he lost his vision. His poor choices started to blur his God-given vision for his life. Samson could no longer see clearly. Matter of fact, scripture points out that on three different occasions, Delilah went to Samson, wanting to know the secret of his strength. She went to him the first time, Samson, Samson, tell me the secret of your strength. And Samson told her, if you will, if you will tie me with seven new bowstrings, I will lose my strength. And guess what? She did. She tied him up and he didn't lose his strength. So she came back the next time and said, Samson, why don't you tell me the secret of your strength? What is the secret of your strength? Samson said, if you will tie me up with new rope, I'll lose my strength. And guess what? She did. Tied him up with new rope, but he did not lose his strength. So she went back the next time. Samson, tell me the secret. Why aren't you telling me? Come on, don't you love me? Sugar booger, come on. You love me. Tell me, tell me, baby. You know me. You're my sweet thing. Tell me. And he told her this time, if you will weave fabric in my braids and tighten them, I will lose my strength. And guess what? She did. She did. Brothers. <laughs> Brothers. Hello. I mean, <laughs> like my man, she's trying to kill you. I know she's pretty. I know she smells good. She's trying to kill you. And this ought to be obvious to Samson. But when you start making bad decisions, your, your vision gets cloudy. You don't see clearly. Easy decisions become hard decisions. 
when you start compromising in the little things. And Satan wants to rob you of the blessing of living out your God-given vision. He wants it to become cloudy for you. A second thing I want you to see from this text, and that is this. Satan wants to rob you of the blessing of strength. The blessing of strength. Notice this in Judges chapter 16, verse 19. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Samson lost his power to resist the enemy. The enemies he used to defeat are now defeating him. Listen, church, disobedience weakens your ability to resist the enemy. It weakens your ability to resist sin. When you start compromising in the little things, it just gets easier and easier and easier. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. You start thinking this. What used to convict me doesn't convict me anymore. Because it gets easier. And he, what used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. It's just easier and easier. The scripture points this out in Hebrews chapter thir- 3 and verse 13. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sins deceitfulness sin is so deceitful it can be so fun enticing and luring and yet those little decisions will harden your heart it it, it seems so small it's just a little haircut but your heart gets a little harder it's just a little haircut and and your heart gets just a a little bit a little bit harder And, and, and those little decisions compound over time and listen to me the next thing you know satan starts robbing you of your spiritual strength And when you lose your spiritual strength, here's what happens. It robs you of number three, the blessing of freedom. The blessing of freedom. Notice this in Judges 16, verse 21. It says, then the Philistine seized him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza, binding him, binding him with bronze shackles. Samson, who used to be a free man, now he finds himself bound by the enemy. Bad haircuts will rob you of your freedom. And here's what people think. They think, man, Delilah is just fun. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little itty bitty haircut. I mean, I don't do drugs all the time. I don't party every weekend. It's not every weekend. You guys keep talking about these small groups, these small groups, getting a small group. I got a small group. I got my boys. And they don't come. But it's not that big of a deal, Pastor. It's not that big of a deal. I just look at pornography just once or twice a week. It's not every day. I mean, I don't lie all the time. Not all the time. Let me tell you something about the enemy. I want you to see how he works. What people don't realize is that the enemy, that, 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 that sin that looks like cake, he puts a hook on the inside of it. And you start biting down on it and taken in and then he hooks you and the next thing you know you find yourself bound you find yourself trapped you find yourself addicted and man, I know this from experience at the age of 13 I was sexually abused when the abuse abuse stopped I spiraled into sexual addiction spiraled into pornography and my high school years engaging in sex outside of marriage in my high school years and I was addicted. I was bound. 
Have you ever wanted to stop something but couldn't? I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know anything about whom the son sets free is free indeed. Come on, anybody glad that Jesus can set you free no matter how bound you are, no matter what you're in, no matter what you've been doing, that freedom can still happen in your life in the name of Jesus. The enemy wants to hook you, but Jesus wants to set you free. And man, I'm telling you, that little bit of disobedience can lead you to getting hooked and losing your freedom. I want you to see a fourth thing here, a fourth thing, and that is this. The enemy wants to rob you of the blessing of productivity. The blessing of productivity. Notice this in Judges chapter 16 and verse 21. It says, binding him with bronze shackles. They sent him, notice this, they sent him to grinding in the prison. Samson used to produce results for God. And now he's producing results for the Philistines, for the enemy. The very enemy he was trying to defeat, he's now working for. People search. God wants to use your life. God has a plan for your life. God wants you to use your life to make a difference for his kingdom. God wants to use your life in a mighty way. And let me tell you what your spiritual enemy wants to do. You see, the enemy knows this, and we have to be aware of this. There are just two teams. There's God's team, and then there's the devil's team. There is no middle ground. Either you're producing results for God, or you're producing results for the devil. And the devil wants you to compromise. The devil wants you not to be sold out to God. The devil wants you to play games. The devil wants you to think that that little bit of sin, that little bit of compromise is not that big of a deal. But you have to understand either you're producing results for God or you're producing results for the devil. And listen to me, if you're not sold out to God, if you're not living for God with all of your heart, you're influencing people. There are people watching your life. They're watching your lifestyle. They're watching your language. And listen how you talk and listen to what you watch and listen to what you do. And you're influencing people, some of you, away from God instead of to the Lord. And friends, God wants to use your life for his purpose. God wants you producing results for his kingdom. You were created for this. Listen to your pastor today. Man, get the growth track. Discover your purpose. Get on the dream team. Don't keep making a difference for the devil. Make a difference for God. Live for God. Set out to God. Serve in God's church. Listen, influence people towards the Lord. And whenever you start getting bad haircuts... You start producing results for the wrong team. I want, us, I want you to see a fifth thing here. A fifth thing the enemy wants to rob you of in 2020. And that is the blessing of God's anointing. The blessing of God's anointing. Let me break this down for you in Judges 16 verse 20. It says, then she called Samson. The Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before. I'll go preach as before. I'll go lead as before. I'll go witness as before. I'll go greet on the door as before. I, 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 I'll, go, I, I'll go be a, a husband or a wife as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. The, the, the anointing of God that was on his life to do great and mighty exploits was gone. Let me explain that word anointing. The anointing is simply the power of God on someone's life to accomplish God's purpose. 
You see, you cannot accomplish God's purpose without God's anointing on your life. You need the power of God. And the power of God was, was no longer on Samson's life. People's church, hear your pastor today. We need God's anointing. We need God's ability. We need God's power on our life to do God's will for our life. It's mission critical, God's anointing. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 says, it is not by might nor by power, but by might. My spirit says the Lord. My spirit is important. My anointing is important. Listen to me. I don't want to preach without the anointing of God. It will make a difference in your life. I don't want to be a pastor without the anointing. I don't want to, listen to me. I don't want to be a daddy without the anointing. I don't want to be a husband without God's anointing. I don't want to be a friend without the anointing. I don't want to be a leader without the anointing. It's the anointing of God. It's the power of God. It's the touch of God on somebody's life that makes the difference. And Samson had drifted little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little, that he didn't even recognize the anointing, the power of God is no longer on my life. And some of you are thinking to yourself, pastors, pastor, I've been getting bad haircuts. I've been getting bad haircuts. What do I do? I'm in a place where I, I've been getting bad haircut after bad haircut. Well, I want you to know you're in a good place today being at People's Church. You're in the right place today. You're in the right place. You see, I'm a preacher of good news because the Bible's good news today. So I've got some good news for you today. If you've been getting some bad haircuts, what do you do? Let me tell you what to do. Let me give you three important truths after a bad haircut. Three important truths. You've been compromising little by little. Let me give you three important truths that you need to hang on to. And the first is this. Your hair can grow again. I said, your hair, I'm going to have church all by myself. Come on now. I told that drummer to come on out here with me because I, hey, hey, you've been in sin, but your hair can grow again. You've been producing for the devil, but your hair can grow again. You've been living nasty and filthy, but your hair can grow again. Hey, somebody today needs to receive the word of God. Here's what it says. Here's what it says. Judges 16. I want you to see this. Verse 22. Listen, your pastor can have church all by himself. Let me tell you. It says this, but the hair on his head began to grow again. Pastor Shannon, I need you out here. The hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved off, after he blew it, after he made mistake after mistake. Listen, God is a God of second chances. God will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He'll make the chains fall off your life. No matter how much you've done, how much you messed up. Come on, God is a God of grace. I'm talking to somebody who wants to quit. I'm telling you today. Your hair can grow again. God can use your life. Listen, your hair, I'm talking to somebody. Can God really use me? I've blown it too much. I've messed up too much. God can use your life. Your hair can grow again. Your hair can grow again. Let's just sing this song. Chains fall. I want God just to touch hearts right now. Lord, let some chains fall. Let some hope arise. Let it happen, Lord. Let it happen, Lord. He 
Come on, somebody's getting your hair again. Somebody's hair is growing again. Somebody's hair is growing again. Come on, somebody. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. I'm not done preaching, but before you're seated, before you're seated, find two people and just tell them, your hair is growing again. Come on, tell me, your hair is growing again. Come on, your hair is growing again. Hey, God's not done. God's not done. God's not done. Sit down. Sit down. I'm not done yet. That's exactly what Samson did. Let me tell you what happened. I want you to understand this, church. You got bad haircuts, you can always turn back to God. I say you can always turn back to God. In Judges 16, verse 28, it says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Come on, you got to pray that prayer sometimes. I, I said, Knucklehead Samson. It said, Man, it said, Woman that made all the mistakes. It said, Person, I knew I wasn't supposed to get them haircuts, but I did it anyways. Remember me, please, God. Strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson prayed to the Lord again. He turned back to God. And friends, let me tell you, God showed up and touched Samson's life again. I'm talking to somebody on this friend's day that you feel disqualified. You feel like God can't use you. You feel like you've blown it too many times. You've got way too many haircuts. And I'm telling you, God's not done with you. God wants to use your life. Listen, you're not dead because God's not done. I said, you're not dead because God's not done. He wants to use your life. I've been strung out on drugs. God wants to use your life. I've been in perversion. God wants to use your life. Pastor, you don't know how much wrong I've done. God wants to use your would you turn to God today would you turn to God today I want you to see a third thing I want want you to see a third thing because if you'll turn to God he'll forgive you and he'll use your messed up story for his glory I want you to see a third thing and that will God God will bless your life again God will bless your life you see after Samson turned back to God after all of his mess ups and Delilah and the honey and all the things he did wrong the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came on Samson again That anointing came back on his life. And he defeated in one blow more Philistines in that moment than he did all the other years combined together. Because God touched his life again for his glory. And I'm just here to tell somebody today, God will bless your life again. If you'll turn to God, God, remember me. I'm coming back home. I'm not going to keep getting bad haircuts. God will bless your life again. Pastor, can I have God's favor on my life after all I've done? Yes. If you'll turn to God, God will put his favor on your life. Some of you, the way you need to turn to God today is you need to get water baptized. I mean, you need to get under that water and say, God, I want you to know I'm yours. I'm your. After this service, go by the baptismal table, get your clothes, get your shorts get your shirt, get your towel and say, Jesus, I'm going public for you today. And let me tell you, after Jesus himself was baptized, the heavenly father looked down and he said this, he said this, he said this. 
this is my son whom I am well pleased. And somebody needs to hear that today from your heavenly father. As you go under that water after this service, in this next service, and come out, God wants to put his blessing on your life. I'm talking to somebody right now that thinks, can God really bless my marriage? Man, pastor, it's bad. It's rough. I've made so many mistakes. My marriage is on life support. Can God really bless it? I'm telling you, if you will turn to God, he's a God that does the impossible. He's a God that does miracles. If you'll turn to him and give him your marriage again, surrender your life to him, God will breathe fresh life in that marriage. Some of you, the way you need to turn to God in your marriage is get to that marriage conference. I'm telling you, it'll breathe life in your marriage. It'll breathe life in your marriage. I want you to get there. Turn to God. Pastor, can I really have the right friends? I've been hanging around all the wrong influences. Can God really bless my friendships? Absolutely, yes. Get to a small group. Get in the lobby after service. I want to help. Listen, I'm simply a spiritual tour guide to help you take next steps in your spiritual journey. Get in a small group. Find a group of people that encourage you. Go out in the lobby. Get your People's Church app. All the small groups are listed on your app. Get it. And take next steps spiritually. But pastor, I need God to touch my life. I need a miracle. I need his touch on my life. Be back here at 530 tonight. Let God know you're hungry. God, I'm not playing games. I'm hungry. I need you. I need a miracle in my heart, a miracle in my body. I need Jesus to touch my life. Tonight, come desperate. Come hungry. I'm telling you, church, your hair can grow again no matter what you've done if you will turn to God and say God remember me your hair can grow again can grow again